Hey everyone, Tara Campbell-Lucier here. And Mary Stutzman-Smith, and we are Arrow Birth Consultants, and also your host of the Arrow's Angle podcast. Arrow Birth is reinventing birth education, pioneering birth consulting, and improving births worldwide. Check us out at www.arrowbirth.com or, of course, your favorite social media channel. So today we are talking about a question that we get all the time as birth consultants, and that is what to pack. No matter where you're having your baby, whether it's at home, whether it's at a birth center or at a hospital, families are always wondering what do they actually need for the labor, the birth, and of course the postpartum, the, like the immediate postpartum time. So Arrow's Angle is going to tackle those questions today and let you know what we suggest uh, for hashtag what to pack. And we have some homework for you. So the first thing we would love you to do is once you get your bag packed, if you could post a picture of what you have, uh, if you don't mind, on one of our social media channels uh, with the hashtag arrow what to pack, just so you can share with others uh, what you've packed for uh, your birth. So we can all learn from one another. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, the first section that we have, which is um, what I like to call the meat and potatoes of it, is the mom and baby stuff. So it's typically the mom that's packing all of this stuff, wondering what she needs for her baby. And so we have subdivided these two categories into birth and postpartum. Whether or not you want to separate those into two different bags, that's up to you. We typically do recommend uh, putting them in two different bags because you will have time afterwards to send a partner out to pick up the postpartum postpartum stuff. Some like to pe people like to put it all together, but we'll start off with the birth stuff. So yeah. And, and Tara, in my experience, it's been, you know, when you're heading to whether you're birthing at a birth center or hospital, when you you're going into the birth, you are usually in labor. And so you, the less you have to carry in is probably, you know, in my experience, the, the better, the less you have, the better. So that way, if you do have a bag that's just for the birth, you can grab that and anything you need specifically for the birth. Um, you'll have some time postpartum, like Tara said, to kind of, you know, for your partner to go out and grab that postpartum bag. Um, and that's, you know, what we'll, we'll get to what's in each of those things. So for the birth, what are, what is uh, something that you typically recommend? I typically say less is more, first of all, first off, and mm -hmm. I, I start telling um, my consulting clients that um, they need to imagine that they're just going away for the weekend to a hospital, I mean, to excuse me, to a hotel, and so you wouldn't bring to, um, a, for a weekend away, you don't typically bring your, um, you know, check-in luggage bag that's really huge that I've seen lots of people bring to the hospital, mm -hmm. um, and so think of it more of like a weekender bag, like less is more. So what's in that weekender bag? I say um, comfy clothes for you, whatever you feel most comfortable in. I say uh, lip gloss. I say um, uh, easily digestible and transportable foods like Lara bars, trail yeah, mix. Yeah, actually, let's tackle that first because let's, let's break it into foods first and then stuff for labor because I think we do have some good um, recommendations for food. Okay. So um, what would be some good, let's start with drinks, some good you know, labor drinks that would be um, practical in birth. Yeah, so my labor drinks that I recommend are always an electrolyte uh, enhanced water, so like a smart water or whatever your favorite electrolyte, you know, a water with electrolyte is in. Um, and I actually like my moms to be sipping that during labor with a straw. Um, I also recommend coconut water for um, some yeah. some sugars and, and some more calories and stuff or vitamin water. Yeah, um, some that's people what even I say do too. Gatorade, but I, I I'm a big fan of coconut water. Yeah, and another thing that I've been 
uh, recommending people is if they want to make their own Gatorade or some sort of labor aid, there's a ton of different recipes you can find online, um, and you could put them in ice cube form. So by the time when the birth comes, you can just throw a bunch of those ice cubes into your birth bag and just put a cube into regular water and let it dissolve over time. It's an easy way to have it kind of, so you, you know, made, put away in the freezer. You don't have to worry about it until, um, you know, the birth happens as opposed to continually making it and keeping it in the fridge. Yeah, that's a great idea. But the easy way, smart water, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And as far as food, I usually recommend people to have some sort of pureed fruits. That's, but you know, those little twist off like toddler. If you have an older kid, you know, those uh, applesauces, things like that. Um, those are really easy to pack. You can just kind of already throw them in your bag and not worry about it. Um, and they're easily digestible as well. So that's a great little, uh, snack. Yeah. And I would add to that just trail mix, um, that you like. Um, I love Lara bars or any kind of like convenient, relatively healthy kind of protein type, um, bar. Um, also, um, I have a really weird addition that I add to my list of drinks to bring, which is, uh, one Coca-Cola. And usually you can get this if you're birthing in a hospital at a at a hospital in the vending machine. Um, but if it's a long push, um, in the middle of the night, I'm very well known for going to get, uh, someone a Coca-Cola to sip on for the caffeine and the sugar. Um, I've always brought honey sticks for a really long time, but I find that the Coca-Cola actually works even better because the caffeine. And of course we tell women not to drink Coca-Cola ever in life, but you know, for labor, it's okay (laughs) for pushing, especially, you know, when you just need that little bit of caffeine, especially if it's the middle of the night and you're exhausted. So I do have my, my mom's spring Coca-Cola, one, one bottle of Coca-Cola. Yeah. And I think the good thing about kind of getting your food and your drink situated is that, um, you know, we all have those checklists that we have to do. And and at the end of pregnancy, you're going to check off like this is done. And you can kind of set that already non-perishable items in your bag, ready to go. And that that can be just checked off your list. Like I've already done that. Um, And so I think that's a a good thing. Now, how about for um, actually in labor? What are some tools and some things that you're going to definitely, you know, typically need? Um, I know, for example, you mentioned lip balm. Mm -hmm. If you're breathing heavy through contractions, that's a really great one. Um, Um, Obviously, the obvious stuff like toiletries, whatever's going to make you feel like you're at home, especially if you're not having a home birth and you're in a birth center or a hospital, which the majority of women in the United States are birthing outside of the home. So most of you out there would need to pack your, your toiletries. So, you know, even if that means setting aside Um, with the unpredictability of birth, setting aside an extra set. So that's just checked off in your head, like you were saying. So you have an extra toothbrush and that just goes in your birth bag. Um, Then you're done with that. Um, Another thing that um, you guys are all hearing my dog in the background. Hi, Jax. Um, And another thing that I recommend is, um, uh, well, we're going to get to partners in just a little bit, but yeah. Um, I remind moms that you don't have to wear the hospital gown if you're birthing in a hospital. So really whatever makes you feel the most at home and most like yourself, some women want to wear the hospital gown. And of course that's totally cool. But if you feel like you don't for whatever reason, just remember that you have that option and you can wear, you know, a lot of, a lot of moms I've seen wear like yoga capri pants and like a a nursing sports bra and a a comfy shirt. Yeah. That's actually a great thing. What to wear in labor. Cause I know 
know that's a, a, a question um, we've gotten before in the past. And I think um, what I usually say is something that you're super comfortable in, I usually recommend like some sort of like a maxi dress or something mm. where you can easily, if you want to wear underwear or if you don't, you can get a check if you need to be checked and then you can just kind of lay it back down and, uh, and move forward. And, you know, as uh, you get further in the process, you're going to get typically less uh, modest <laughs> over time. So you may just chuck that thing that you're wearing all together and you may not, um, you know, you may want to be covered all the time and that's okay too. But, um, but just kind of having loose fitting clothes so that you can contract and not necessarily, uh, you know, not really tight around your waist, um, loose fitting. And then with the possibility of kind of forgetting about it uh, later on, sometimes if you hop in the shower or if you're in the tub, those items will get wet. So I have recommended for um, people to grab another set if they want to wear, if they want to wear their bra, like another bra, if they want to do that, um, it, you know, or of course you can wear nothing. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I, I second everything Mary just said, but as I, as you were talking, I was thinking about how, um, what to pack really depends on who's going to be present at your birth also, most specifically a doula. So if they've hired a doula, that doula is probably going to have things that, like a massager or a, mm -hmm. a birth ball or your, your place of birth might have that, that birth ball, which is really just a large exercise ball that you can sit on. Um, they're going to have, um, you know, extra hair ties most likely, or just little simple things like that. Oils. A lot of people love to use essential oils nowadays and a diffuser. So, um, if any of those, if you're not, if you're not hiring a doula for your birth, I would say, Explore those. Yeah, yeah, explore those kinds of options that are going to be comfort measures for you in labor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just make it feel a little homier to you. Sometimes, if if it is if it isn't your first baby, a, a picture of your older child, or um, some lights for the room, or candles, or uh, you know, flameless candles, of course, if you're in a hospital setting and birth center setting, um, just to kind of make it feel a little bit more homey for you. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but it just I, I, it really just is kind of dependent on on who will be present at the birth and what everybody is bringing. So that just brings up a um, a good point, which is just like have a conversation with the birth team, whoever yeah. it is. Like, what tools will you have in your toolbox at my birth so you know what to pack? Yeah, and less is more. There. So you know, it really is. Um, it's been my experience, and I don't know about you. Tara, that people always bring more than they need, mm -hmm. you know, and if that's with packing with every trip. I feel like that's the way it always happens with me. I, I, I always have more than I need. Um, but you know, when you're in labor, having a lot to carry is kind of annoying. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's trying to kind of park the car, get in the hospital or the birth center. And, um, so less definitely is to your advantage in the situation. Now for postpartum. So let's say the babies hang on one quick second. Okay. I just thought of something. Um, obviously this is kind of an obvious, but you need to make sure that you have like your license and all of that kind of yes. stuff on you. So just like your general purse stuff that you would have if you went really anywhere, insurance um, card, insurance card, all that good stuff. That's, that's going to be, you know, yeah. an obvious, um, some people that are writing an optimal birth goal list, um, which, you know, arrow recommends you can, you would bring a copy of that. Hopefully your provider has already seen that before, uh, the day or night of labor. Yes. Um, but you would need copies of that as well. Um, yeah. So moving yeah, into postpartum. So postpartum. So let's say the baby's been born and you, um, if you're in a hospital, what typically happens is that you'll be in a labor and delivery room until the baby's born and then you'll be transferred to a postpartum room. Um, if you're at a birth center, it might be the same room that you birthed in and just kind of hang out uh, there for a little while. 
Um, and so for postpartum, I like how you recommended just kind of the toiletries. Like if you're going over away for the weekend, um, you don't need a lot of clothes, especially for the baby. You don't need, you know, three or four outfits. You really only need one outfit for the baby, which is to, to head home in. Um, because while you're in the hospital, they provide you with everything that you need to during your stay. So they're going to provide you with um, diapers and they're going to provide you with diaper cream and they're going to provide you with little, wipes yeah, wipes and little like onesies shirt. And, yeah. Little mm-hmm. onesie, um, things like that for the baby. So, and typically as you're getting to know your baby in those first couple of days, you're going to do a lot of skin to skin. So you really, we don't really want to have the baby have a lot of clothes on at that time period. And we just want you guys to be snuggling and be skin to skin. Um, Anything else? Oh, one thing I do recommend for babies is uh, olive oil for their bottom or some sort of coconut oil. Um, and that allows for the first uh, poop that the baby has uh, will come out called meconium. And if it hasn't come out in labor or um, at the birth, it will come out with, usually within the first 24 hours. And it's really tarry and uh, thick and it sticks like no other. So it will stick all over your cute little baby's bottom and their skin. And so if you just kind of wipe the baby's bottom with that oil, um, it allows, once they do have the meconium, to kind of slide off a lot easier uh, off of the skin of the baby. So that's a little tip for the baby. That's a great little tip. Yeah, I usually say coconut oil, but olive oil or any, yeah, any good good quality, high quality oil would work. Um, that could save you from a screaming baby while you're like scrubbing their bottom to try to get yes. the sticky, tarry substance off when they're so tiny. So that's a really great little trick. Um, I will re- totally recommend everything Mary said. Um, only caveat is if you have, they, they typically use pampers if you're in a hospital setting. So if you wanted your own organic diapers or cloth diapers or whatever you're doing, I wouldn't recommend cloth diapers in those first few days, especially if you're at a hospital, just because it, you won't be able to wash or anything there. But um, you can and obviously bring your own stuff and I have seen that but ju- we want people to know that they do provide that for you all of that stuff so for, you know from onesies to wipes and diapers and stuff um, I do recommend two to three baby blankets although they will um, provide you with baby blankets um, just because a they're really pretty and b like if you do have a, a pet at home sometimes it's good to have uh, a partner or a family member or whoever to bring that baby blanket home for the pet to smell before you get home um, that's a pretty common a common occurrence that people do um, yeah you know what I'd say to clients a lot is that um, you really, like Mary said, less is more. Babies really, if you're planning on breastfeeding, they need your boobs and they need your skin to skin, whether mom or partner. Um, and they just need diapers, which the hospital will provide. So yeah. it's not a lot of stuff. Um, they will need a car seat. They will need a car seat. That is true. Yep. And most uh, hospitals in the United States will check that, you know, the heart, that when they walk you out, that the car seat is installed correctly and that you are putting the baby in the car seat when they get you all in your car to head home to forever. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And a, and a nice outfit. So you may, um, you may wear, um, you know, the hospital, a lot of times, you know, I had a hospital birth for my first and I found myself wearing another hospital gown postpartum and not actually getting uh, changed into comfortable clothes. It just seemed a little easier. And I, I was surprised at that. So if you would like another uh, outfit for you during that, that, uh, postpartum time while you're in the hospital, but definitely to, to head home, you'll need something uh, to wear and it's, it's maternity clothes still. You're going to, you know, postpartum bodies look like, uh, you know, six to nine 
nine month pregnant bodies still. So that is very normal and to be expected. So you will need some maternity clothes to head home. Um, but yeah, I think that's in terms of postpartum, yeah. that's really it. Um, I, I typically tell people to, um, go get, like go to Target, go wherever and just, um, get your own little mini version of a, of a push present by push present. You don't have to push your baby out, but just a little present to yourself for giving birth and get like a really nice pair of pajamas that are buttoned down or, and really uber comfy and either buttoned down or, you know, if you're breastfeeding again, easily accessible to the breast. So like a wide V neck or whatever. So you kind of have something to look forward to keep, you know, keep the tags on them. It's like you're brand new. You get over to the postpartum wing. If you're again, if you're birthing in a hospital and you get to put this like comfy pair of pajamas on and, you're going to live in those pajamas, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for a while. And so just, I don't know, that's just like a little, you don't have to do that. It's just like a nice little trick that I like to do. Yeah. Just to have something cozy to look forward to. Cause there'll be a lot of snuggling and a lot of being cozy and lounging around and falling in love with your baby and getting to know your baby and feeding and all that good stuff. Yep. And then electronics. <laughs> Everybody needs that now. So of course you'll need your phone. You'll need your chargers. You'll, you know, might throw a laptop in, their charger, that sort of thing. If you've got a nice camera, you want to do photos or, um, you know, so whatever you electronics you bring and then also their um, charging cords with it. Yeah, no, that's good. So we also have a couple more segments that we want to add to this. And the first one is partners. So of course, partners are a part of the birth journey as well. And we want to honor and include them. And they have their own questions about what to pack. So for partners, we typically say... Um, uh, you know, a comfortable pillow from home and a blanket because sometimes, especially in hospital settings, pillows can be hard to come by. And depending on where you have to sleep, you, it may or may not be very comfortable. I think, I think they're getting better in general, especially in hospitals. And by that, I mean, not making uh, partners sleep in a chair for yes. two or three days after they've, you know, been through the birth experience. Um, so, you know, just something to keep you cozy. I typically tell people to keep that in the car, of course, until postpartum because you can pop out and get it. But just a blanket and a and a, a pillow. And, and we didn't actually mention shirt. that for mom too. That that's something that's pretty common just to bring a pillow mm-hmm. uh, into the labor if you would like. Some people don't want to dirty their pillows because mm-hmm. it's very likely that it could get dirty. But um, if you did want that touch from home, you could bring that as well. Yeah, that's that's really good. And let's um, talk about the temperature in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cold, guys. They don't keep yeah. it very warm. So everybody needs to have, even if it's August, you need to have some sort of like hoodie or yes. sweatshirt um, throughout, you know, just to bring with you because it can definitely be chilly in hospitals. I can't tell you like the amount of times I've like shivered mm-hmm. <laughs> at births. You know, mm-hmm. you're waiting and it's like, oh my gosh, it's really cold. And they can adjust the um, temperature in the room, but definitely for partners because you know, when you're pregnant, you usually are always hot, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of pregnancy, it's been my experience that you, you ask the birthing mom, hey, how's the temperature in the room? And they're like, eh, fine, or it could be colder. And then everybody else is freezing. Shivering. <laughs> so of course we do what mom needs in the uh, labor process. So we'll keep the room, you know, comfortable for her. And then, uh, you know, just obviously dress accordingly, everybody else. So definitely, you know, throw in a sweatshirt uh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, again, partners, it's really like pack like you would be going away for, you know, a weekend at a hotel. So obviously the obvious stuff of, 
um, you know, toiletries and a change of clothes that you're going to be comfy in, um, that kind of stuff, comfortable shoes, um, you know, quick snacks, but that would be applicable from what we said under the mother thing. Yeah. And I usually um, recommend for partners to grab, to take a look at, um, the dining options around the, uh, wherever you're birthing. So, you know, maybe even just pick up like at the end of pregnancy, a couple of the, uh, menus from around there, or, you know, make a little Yelp, little, uh, recommendation list for you to be able to quickly, uh, get some food if you want to order something other than what's available there at the hospital. That's that a great re- idea. It's really, it's really accessible. Great. Especially when mom is like, oh my gosh, I can now have, you know, X, Y, and Z or sushi, sushi yeah. or deli meat yes. or whatever. Yep. You may be making a quick run to make um, a brand new uh, parent very, very happy. So um, that's that's a great idea is to be mindful of that for sure. Um, okay, so we also want to jump into... Uh, uh, a, a bit of a twist on what to pack because it's it's different because it's an induction. So if you are having an induction birth, which many women in the United States do, um, our recommendations are a tad bit different. Um, so Mary, I'll let you yes. kick that off. So we we recommend you know what a, t- a typical induction. If you are um, you know not really dilated at the beginning, uh, a late pregnancy or you know before the birth process, you'll most likely come in the night before. Uh, for a round of cervical ripening. And that typically uh, a medication will be administered and it will stay in for about 12 hours. So you'll you'll be at the hospital, a lot of times it's overnight and you will be resting and you'll be waiting. And then by the morning time, you'll be talking about uh, ways to get you into the labor process. So as we know with inductions, it's a long haul. It can be you know two days, three days. It really can be a lot longer um, than a spontaneous birth, though spontaneous births sometimes <laughs> Be be long too. Too. Yeah. Um, but we do recommend um, bringing some, uh, we talked about electronics, but bringing some activities to keep you occupied during that but early time. Definitely bringing a laptop during that time or a yeah. tablet or something because you are going to be best friends with Netflix probably. Yes. Yep. Having that, uh, a deck of cards if you guys want to play a game. Uh, something to keep you occupied because a lot of it will be really boring at the beginning. Um, and, and you may get some contractions with those uh, early cervical ripening, which is awesome. And then you can kind of work with them and start that labor process. But you may not. You may have, you know, a 12 day or two yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of nothing going on. And um, it's good to have Or something. even like a small task. I've seen moms like bring their thank you cards for from their shower or blessing way yeah. and they are just like okay well if I have an induction or if it's a long time or whatever yep. I can just and if you don't get around to it no big deal but at least you have something. you know another option of something to do should there be what we call a lot of downtime or a lot of waiting time until you know labor has kicked in yeah. so. or my favorite is the um the one where you didn't know you were having an induction until you went into your exactly. appointment and you're doing all of your out of office <laughs> emails yes. and uh, texts and emails to everybody that you were having a baby. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, keep that in mind. It will be a little bit more uh, in-depth if you are planning an induction. Most likely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thanks uh, for tuning in today. That's kind of all we have about uh, what to wear. Again, uh, what, take to a, pack. what to pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, to grab a picture of your stuff and throw it online with a hashtag arrow what to pack. Um, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time.